0: Good morning and welcome to a new week, a new day, a new episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, so happy to be with you this morning on this Monday, August the 8th. It's a good day today for a lot of reasons. We'll get into those in a little bit here, but let's pray. Let's start our morning and our week off together in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O Most Blessed Mother, Heart of Love, Heart of Mercy, ever listening, caring, consoling, hear our prayer. As your children, we implore your intercession with Jesus, your Son. Receive with understanding and compassion the petitions we place before you today. We are comforted in knowing your heart is ever open to those who ask for your prayer. We trust to your gentle care and intercession those whom we love and who are sick or lonely or hurting. Help all of us, Holy Mother, to bear our burdens in this life until we may share eternal life and peace with God. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as I mentioned, it's uh, very good to be with you on this Monday morning. Today is the Feast of St. Dominic. Um, I'm one of my one of my favorite saints. The more I get to learn about him, it's the memorial of Saint Dominic. There's there's a difference liturgically, but we're going to celebrate him today. That's the whole point. Um, so today on the show, we're going to be hearing a little bit about Saint Dominic and the Rosary. Later on, um, we're also going to be talking with John Martinoni this morning, and uh, in this week's Martinoni Monday, we're going to talk about that phrase we all know. And I'm very grateful for love the sinner, hate the sin. Um, what does that mean to love the sinner? but to hate the sin, because as a sinner, I'm glad that we're called to love one another uh, despite the fact that we do commit sins. Now, that's not permission for the sins, but John's going to break that op- open for us. I'm not going to say anymore. We're also going to be talking with Doug Barry today about spiritual warfare, and this is part of a two-week series we're doing with him. It's been so nice to have Doug on the show, and I, I think the next two weeks we're spending with him are so very important, so... Um, please, please do tune in for that. Well, of course, you're, you're, you're here now. You're going to stay with us, right? Um, it's good to be with you this morning. So this weekend, I went to Mass, obviously, and also went to celebrate my our 13th wedding anniversary. Beth and I went out Friday night, and it's kind of funny how things sometimes just work out, you know? Maybe coincidence, maybe not. I don't know. But the gospel this past weekend. Gird your loins and light your lamps and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Now yesterday a friend of ours called and said, "Hey, I happen to be in your neighborhood driving by. Would it be okay for me to come by for a visit?" And we had to say, "No, it would not be okay because we weren't ready for someone to come and knock on the door of our house." And uh, we you know, so that's that's what it was. Are you ready spiritually? Are are you ready? You know, Friday we were talking about how Saturday was first Saturday and it's that call even if you're not in a state of mortal sin to make a good monthly devotional confession relative to first Saturday devotion. And as part of the first Saturday devotion, why is that so important? Well, if if we're not in a state of grace, we're not ready. And if we make a good confession regularly, we're receiving graces to help keep us in that state of grace, to help keep sanctifying grace in our soul because we can't do it on our own. I can't put sanctifying grace in my soul I can desire it. I can get out of God's way and let him put it there, but that requires a humility to say, Lord, I've done this, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for having offended you because I love you. Something to consider when we think about that gospel passage. Are you ready when the master comes and knocks? I love how that gospel ends, or the end of that part of the passage ends. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into you also must be prepared for it now or you do not expect the son of man will come are you ready are you ready on this monday morning or are there things you've been procrastinating with things you've been putting off things you've been saying oh i just i'll get to that a little bit later well if if you knew the hour then you could maybe procrastinate but do you know the hour cuz i i sure don't i sure don't so just a thought there, Friday night, we went out to uh, dinner and then we went to a concert, and one of one of my favorite gospel singers, uh, one of the songs was asking that question, "If you're ready, come go with me and it was talking about all these things, all these trials and tribulations on earth, how in heaven there're going to be no more, but we've got to be ready to go right and it just it was nice how that uh, happened to work out with Sunday's gospel. Very unintentionally, I assure you, but nice how it worked out. Let's go to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather, and then when we come back, we'll be with John Martinoni.
1: This is the Memorial of St. Dominic. Born in Spain in 1170, he was named after St. Dominic of Silos. His parents, Felix and Joanna, had been unable to conceive. After his mother had a dream of a dog carrying a flaming torch while jumping over her womb, they made a pilgrimage to the Abbey at Silos to ask for the intercession of St. Dominic of Silos, and not long after that, they conceived. His uncle was an archbishop and played a significant role in Dominic's education. While he was studying at the university, Spain fell into the grips of a severe famine. To raise money for those who were suffering, Dominic sold his clothes. When his fellow students asked him why, he said, Would you have me in these dead skins while so many are dying of hunger? In 1194, Dominic joined the Benedictines. In 1215, on a journey with his bishop, he encountered the Albigensian heresy which held that all earthly matter, including humans, was evil and and which also denied the Incarnation. This heresy was spreading in part because of the austere life so many lived measured against the much more luxurious lifestyle of the clergy. To battle this heresy, Dominic Three Cistercians and three more followers started the Order of the Preachers, which became known as the Dominicans. At one point, the Blessed Mother appeared to Dominic as he was praying and gave him a rosary. The beginning of the devotion to the rosary spreading across the centuries can be attributed to Dominic's preaching After this visit from the Blessed Mother, a life of extreme poverty and teaching was hard on Dominic, and he died at the age of 51 at the convent of St. Nicholas in Bologna. St. Dominic, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are back. It's another Monday, and you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And on Mondays, we always talk with John Martinoni. And, John, today, this is one of the things I've been seeing more and more as I go out into the world, as I go on social media, as I go online. I don't have to look far to see this error where they say, Adam, you you know, you've got this all wrong. Jesus said to love the sinner. So how dare you? How dare you say that things are? Are sinful. And well, I know that Jesus said to love the sinner, but to stop right there, love the sinner, is an incomplete picture. And it's actually not love if we stop with an incomplete picture. So, number one, always good to have you on the show, John. Number two, I'm going to let you take it away to tell us how this is incomplete.
2: Well, it is incomplete because yes, you're supposed to love the sinner. But if you truly love the sinner, you want them to stop sinning. Jesus wants them to stop sinning, even though he loves the sinner. God is love. So absolutely, the, the people who say, you know, God is love, God loves the sinner, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, absolutely, yes, 100% correct. However, God loves them so much that he wants them to be more and more like him, each and every day, which means giving up your sins, giving up your attachments to sins, and we see this first and foremost. I mean, par excellence, we see this in the story from John eight of the woman who is caught in adultery, and she's brought before Jesus, and they say, "Teacher, she's been caught in adultery." You know, the, the penalty for this is stoning. What do you say? And he says, "Well." let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And slowly they all just sort of fade away. And what does he say to the woman? He says, Jesus looked up and said to her, this is John 8, verse 10 and following, has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. And he said, so go about your business and and peace be with you. Uh, no, that's not quite what he said. He said, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Why? Because sin gets you into hell, not into heaven. And so Jesus loves you, and he loves you so much, he's not going to force you to do what he would love for you to do, which is love him, follow his way, pick up your cross daily and follow him, etc. He's not going to force you to to deny your free will, or he's not going to take your free will away and make you do what he wants you to do. He loves you enough to where he wants you to love him. And in order to do that, you have to freely choose to love him. And if you choose not to, he's still going to love you, but he's going to let you follow your path. And your path, if it is a path of sin, will lead to hell. We see this in in Matthew 5, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount. What does Jesus say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And then we have Hebrews 12:14. Strive for peace with all men, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. He doesn't say, strive for peace with all men, and, and if you're sinning, you're still going to see God. And it doesn't say, blessed are the sinners, for they shall see God. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And then in that same Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says sin is so serious, so serious, that Jesus, using some, you know, hyperbole here, he says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body being thrown into hell. Well, why would you be thrown into hell? Because you're sinning. He goes on to say, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away It is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body going to hell. Why would your whole body go into hell? Because your right hand was causing you to sin, or your right eye was causing you to sin. Pluck it out. Cut it off. You know, get rid of sin in your life, is what Jesus is saying. So, like what he said to the woman caught in adultery, he says to each and every one of us. He says, I do not condemn you. Go, therefore, and sin no more more. And that's how we need to live our lives, and that's how we need to let others know they should live their lives as well.
0: And why? Because we love them. And and honestly, that is the truth. It is a matter of love. John, I want to thank you for the clarity of this. I think this is going to help all of us when we encounter that argument out in the world, which I know we will, so this is a great help for us. And, friends, think of it this way. You know, my daughter is starting to learn to cook with me, and it's a joy having her in the kitchen. And one day we were getting raw chicken prepared, and she didn't wash her hands and was about to grab a strawberry off the counter and eat it. And I said, no, stop, wash your hands, or you're going to get really sick. And I mean go to the hospital really sick, potentially. And she didn't argue with me. She said, oh, Dad, thank you. I don't want to go to the hospital, Washed her hands, and then ate the strawberry. I didn't say to her, hey, you know, I love you right where you're at. So if you want to have that potential salmonella on your hands and eat that strawberry, go right ahead, because I love you, and who am I to tell you to stop and wash your hands? We wouldn't do that with ones we love, with common-sense things like raw chicken. Why would we do it with eternal life and death consequence things like sin. So it really is love to share this message. John, I look forward to our next conversation.
2: Amen. And I I do as well, Adam. Pleasure to be here with
0: you. All right, friends, we're going to take a break. You're listening to roadmap to heaven. Don't go anywhere.
3: A most commendable indulgenced prayer to the sacred heart of Jesus. Most sacred heart of Jesus shower copiously, thy blessings on thy Holy church, on the Supreme Pontiff and on all the clergy. Grant perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten infidels, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, assist the dying, liberate the souls of purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of Thy love. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph most kind, bless us now and in death's agony. From a sudden and unprovided death, deliver us, O Lord.
0: Here is your catequiz question. Can you put the following three things in the correct order? Can you put them in the correct order? Resurrection of the body, general judgment, and particular judgment. What is the correct order of events, sequence of events that will happen to all of us? Resurrection of the body, general judgment, and particular judgment. All right, here's the answer for you. First, we'll die. You know that wasn't one of the options. That that is, but that's the prerequisite for all of this. One day we will die. At the moment of our death, we'll have our particular judgment. It, it will be decided based on whether or not we're in a state of grace when we die, whether we're going to heaven, perhaps with some time in purgatory, but the final destination will either be heaven or it will be hell. Right? Particular judgment. Then. On the last day, which we don't know the day, we don't know the hour, going back to the gospel yesterday. We don't know the day or the hour of a lot of things. Um, On the last day, when Christ comes again, we'll have the resurrection of the body first, the resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust, and then... The general judgment. In fact, the Catechism in paragraph 1038 spells this out explicitly. Paragraph 1038 states The resurrection of all the dead, of both the just and the unjust, will precede the last judgment. This will be the hour when all who are in the tombs will hear the Son of Man's voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Then Christ will come in his glory, and all the angels with him. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep at his right hand, but the goats at the left, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. There's a great quote that comes in the catechism after this as well in paragraph 1039. All the wicked do is recorded, and they do not know when our God comes. He does not keep silence. He will turn towards those at his left hand. I placed my poor little ones on earth for you. I, as their head, was seated in heaven at the right hand of my Father, but on earth my members were suffering. My members on earth were in need. If you gave anything to my members, what you gave would reach their head. What Would that you had known that my little ones were in need when I placed them here on earth for you and appointed them your stewards to bring your good works into my treasury But you have placed nothing in their hands. Therefore, you have found nothing in my presence. And that's a quote that comes to us uh, through St. Augustine. Um, Here's something that you have to know. Going back before this in paragraph 1037, talking about that judgment, whether or not we're going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. Paragraph 1037 makes this very explicitly clear. God predestines no one to go to hell. For this, a willful turning away from God, a mortal sin, is necessary and persistence in it until the end. In the Eucharistic liturgy and in the daily prayers of her faithful, the church implores the mercy of God who does not want any to perish but all to come to repentance." come to repentance, and that's a that's an important thing. You might say to yourself, you know, back when I was in my early 20s, I committed some mortal sins. That I know they were bad, but I've, re- I've repented of those. Well, have you gone to confession? Well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that with the priest. Maybe you're just saying that last week I committed a mortal sin, and I know I need to get to confession, but I really don't want to do it. I don't want to have to go and admit that I failed. Well, that is that persistence... Until the end. You may stop committing the sin, but you can still persist in unrepentance by not going to the sacrament of reconciliation. So remember, God doesn't predestine you or I to go to hell. That is our willful choice, our willful turning away from God by committing a mortal sin. So don't persist in it. If you fall, if you fall into temptation and you commit that mortal sin knowing it's grave matter, choosing to do it anyway, go to confession. Be repentant, be contrite, don't hold back. We're gonna take a break, when we come back we'll be talking with Doug Berry.
3: Act of consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. O Virgin of Fatima, Mother of Mercy, Queen of Heaven and Earth, Refuge of sinners, we consecrate ourselves to thy Immaculate Heart. To thee we consecrate our hearts, our souls, our families, and all that we have and in order that this consecration may be truly effective and lasting, we renew today the promises of our baptism and confirmation, and we undertake to live as good Christians, faithful to God, the Church, and the Holy Father. We desire to pray the rosary, partake in the Holy Eucharist, attach special importance to the first Saturday of the month, and work for the conversion of sinners. Furthermore, we promised, O Most Holy Virgin, that we will zealously spread devotion to Thee, so that through our consecration to thy immaculate heart and through thy own intercession, the coming of the kingdom of Christ in the world may be hastened. Amen.
0: Well, I have to tell you, I've really been enjoying this time we've been spending with Doug Barry over the past few weeks, and the good news is we're still spending time with Doug Barry. This week, Doug, I'm really excited for this topic. We're going to talk about the reality of spiritual warfare, because it's something that either we don't mention or maybe we casually mention and say, oh, I should probably look into that, and then we never follow up on it, or we say, oh, that's all superstition that the church did away with. We don't believe any of that anymore. So number one, good to be back with you this week. And number two, where do we begin? Well, first, it's great to be with you, Adam. I appreciate the opportunity to do this. This is such an important topic
4: to hit, spiritual warfare, spiritual battle. You know, I say the number one first thing we got to understand is there's an enemy out there. A lot of people have kind of watered down the reality of the enemy. Some people think that there is no devil or that the church did away with certain things regarding the devil or let's just say eschatology, which means study of the final things. And there are four last things, death, judgment, heaven, hell. We are all going through three of them. There's no escaping it. We're going to die, we'll be judged, and we'll spend eternity in heaven or hell. There is an enemy. Church has always taught this, still teaches this, regardless of what this particular religious leader may say. Doesn't change the reality that the church has always taught this. Christ himself dealt with the reality of the enemy. There are dozens of references in Scripture to the reality of the enemy. We need to, number one, establish this truth. There is an enemy. It's kind of like going through life thinking, well, you know, I'm probably never going to get mugged. I'm never going to run into an identity theft issue you know, because bad guys aren't really out there doing that. That's just in the movies. Well, that's ridiculous. Every single day these things happen, showing us that there are people out there that cooperate with evil. There are bad guys in the world. The reality of the enemy spiritually must also be accepted, adopted. And from that point, we build and we start to act differently. If I know that there's going to be a threat in a parking lot, I might be ambushed. It's dark. I'm walking out to my car and someone starts getting near me, feels a little strange. If I don't know what to do, then I'm in a really bad situation. If I have some idea how to engage in a conflict, if someone's going to ambush me, I'm in a much better position. But if I don't even think that the ambush could happen, then I'm in a really bad situation because it could. And spiritually speaking, it does. There's no way around it. We're all targets. We're all being attacked by our Arch enemy, if you will. And these are demons that have been around from the fall. They've been around from before the fall, obviously. They have been studying and watching the way we humans interact. They pay attention to emotions. They pay attention to our dialogue. They pay attention to all of our behavior. They know how then to work on manipulating and twisting in order to gain this ground that they want. We have to understand the reality of the enemy. We have to know from scripture, from the church's teaching, from our Lord's words himself. From that point, we start
0: living differently and behaving differently. That's what's so important about knowing it. You know, one of the things you've mentioned before is that when we talk about the tactics of the devil, we have to remember that the devil and the demons, the fallen angels, they're spiritual beings, and so Mm -hmm. they don't need to sleep. You and I, if if we were watching and observing and trying to poke a hole in someone's defenses, at at a certain point, I got to rest. I got to close my eyes and sleep, but that's not the way it is with the devil and his minions. So,
4: Yeah, and it feels like we're, you know, kind of outnumbered in that sense or outgunned you could say in that well this doesn't seem fair they don't eat they don't sleep they don't drink they don't need to be hydrated they don't none of that they their entire existence is bound to hate and to manipulate twist and, and ruin and cause chaos and destruction we on the other hand like you said we we have to rest we have to take care of ourselves so that we can function clearly not end up with brain fog and not be able to think straight but that's where God gives us, and we'll be breaking this down, I know, in the next several days and more, is He gives us the way to fight. And that is important, just like teaching self defense to someone. Someone, everybody, I should say, should learn some version of self defense tactic. Spiritually speaking, God gives us that. It is right in front of us. He gives a tooth to the church, it's real, it's tangible. But we need to cooperate with God's grace in order for that to manifest
0: in our lives so we can engage in this battle successfully and win the victory. All right. It's an important topic. We're going to break it down over the next week. And then next week, I believe we're going to be looking at some of the tools we have as we engage in this spiritual battle. So Doug, I'm looking forward to it until tomorrow. Have a good day. Thanks, Adam. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R Catholic Radio dot O-R-G. It's time for a new theme on our Daily Dose of Encouragement as we begin the week on this Monday. Patty, what do you have in store
5: for us? Well, it's the time of year where many parents are going to be packing up their young adult teenage college students and they're going to be headed back to college. And I thought, you know, maybe we just need to spend a week talking to young adults, young teens, and college-age students as they're headed off to college. Many of them go off with big dreams, but sometimes those dreams can be shattered when poor decisions are made. And it's a time of year when parents are a little bit anxious and hoping and praying that their children make those good decisions. So if I could have a moment to just say something to your young adults, here are some of the things I'd like to say to them. The first on this Monday, general rule of thumb, and this can be for a high school student, a college student, or any young adult. If you don't want your parents to know what you're about to do, then it's the wrong thing to do. Don't do it. And this is a great litmus test. It's something that you need to just think about. You know, would I want my mom to watch me see this right now? Would I want my mom in the room watching me do this? It's the voice of truth. It's your inner conscience. But sometimes you need to be able to put it in those terms. If you wouldn't want your parents to watch you do it, it's probably the wrong thing. And that should be a big red flag So trust how you've been raised, to know right from wrong, to follow those basic Ten Commandments, and to listen to the voice of God. Do not drown out your conscience. Now, this can be advice for a 6-year-old, a 16-year-old, or a 26-year-old. As far as the friends you make and anyone that you might want to date, again, ask yourself this question. Would my parents approve? Would this person fit in with my family? Trust that your family knows you best and you really are your true self around your family so don't drown out that voice that is telling you you know what my mom wouldn't really like me hanging around this person or you know what i really wouldn't want my mom to watch me do whatever this is or be at this party or whatever it is if you wouldn't want your parents there don't do it let that be a litmus test for you it'll save you a lot of misery and poor decision making
0: sometimes i think we get so wrapped up in well is this okay is that okay where's the line on this And we think about it too much. Patty, you've given us a very good way to discern if we should do what we were about to do. And quite frankly, unless it's planning a surprise party for your parents, if you wouldn't do it in front of them, don't do it. It's a simple lesson. Patty Schneier, thank you for that. Well, I have just one question for you as we wrap up the day today on this memorial of St. Dominic. And, and I love how we were able to uh, hear about how St. Dominic and the rosary go hand in hand. Today is a day for this question. One question for you as we wrap up today. Do you have a rosary with you right now? Do you have a rosary with you on your person right now? Wherever you're at, whether you're in the car, whether you're at work, whether you're... I don't know if anyone's in school yet, but maybe teachers are in the classroom, probably getting the classroom ready. Uh, I know some of the college kids are already on their way off to college. Wherever you're at listening right now, do you have a rosary in your pocket? We were talking about spiritual warfare with Doug Barry, and uh, one of the greatest tools we can have is the sword of Our Lady, the rosary. We should have it with us everywhere we go. So if the answer to that question is no, here's your homework. Go get a rosary today. Keep it with you. Pray it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of the Holy Rosary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, I don't know how much more we, planer we can make it, so I'm not going to try. Get a rosary. Pray a rosary. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. And one last time I'll say it. Pray your rosary today.